This is Building Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit. Visit mcadetroit.org. Here's Ken Rogolski. Good evening. Tonight's edition of Building Michigan puts a spotlight on the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit, known as MCA Detroit. We highlight their apprenticeship program and career opportunities, what the organization is doing to help the community of Detroit, and talk about the future projects that are going to be transformational in the city. I'm Ken Rogolski, and tonight's guests include Chris Freeman, CEO, Mechanical Contractors Association Detroit, John R. Green of the John E. Green Company, HR Director and Corporate Security, MCA Detroit President, Board of Directors, Ryan Lyle, Plumbing Industry Training Center Director, Jim Wilson, Pipe Fitting and Services Training Center, Adrian Bennett, Owner and President of Bakari Water Conservation, LLC, Laura Reyes-Kopek, MCA Detroit Director of Government Affairs, Community Relations, Scott Johnson, Co-Owner and President and CEO of Macomb Mechanical, and Isaac Washington, President, Ben Washington and Sons Plumbing and Heating. Stay tuned for WJR's Building Michigan on News Talk. 760 WJR. Now back to Building Michigan on WJR. Sponsored tonight by the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit. When your next project calls for the best plumbers, pipe fitters, or HVAC technicians, visit mcadetroit.org. Once again, here's Ken Rogulski. Good evening and welcome to WJR's Building Michigan. I'm Ken Vergolsky. We are joined tonight by Chris Freeman, the CEO of MCA Detroit, and John R. Green, who's the HR Director and Corporate Secretary of the John E. Green Company and MCA Detroit President Board of Directors. Did I get all those titles correct, guys? Sure did. Good to have you both. Thanks. Nice to be here, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Good to have you. Chris, let's start with you first. What does MCA Detroit stand for? It's the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit. Have you guys been around for a while? Oh, a little bit. Uh, from the historical research I've done, it looks like we've existed in one form or another since 1925. Uh, historically, Local 98 and Local 636 signed agreements with multiple associations in order to provide work for their members. Over the years, those organizations have merged with each other until in 2006, the last two merged to become MCA Detroit. I often joke that in my 20 plus years in this industry, I've worked for three associations, but my office has never moved. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good thing to have. Well, what services does MCA Detroit provide? We're the human resources department for 150 employers who hire UA plumbers and pipe fitters. Uh, We co-manage their insurance, pension, training, and other trust funds, uh, which have almost a billion dollars in assets and cash flows of over $100 million annually. We provide training resources for the supervision and office staff of our members, as well as a unified voice for the industry to local, state, and federal politicians. Um, We've been through the pandemic, hopefully we're on the end of it. How have you guys weathered the storm? Well, I'll talk to that. This is John. And, um, you know, the mechanical industry, the construction industry, uh, has been an industry that we've been lucky to be a part of. Uh, When the uh, pandemic hit uh, for a while, 
businesses were shut down, say from mid-March, but a lot of the work that uh, mechanical contractors do was deemed necessary. So work in uh, piping work, plumbing work, heating work in uh, uh, hospitals uh, kept going. Some of the automotive companies, uh, schools, uh, mechanical service to keep buildings running, uh, all those things were deemed essential. And then uh, around the beginning of May, the construction industry was opened up so that uh, our men could work on construction sites uh, pretty well all over the state of Michigan at that time. So we were fortunate to be able to have that kind of continuity in our work. We're very blessed for that. Chris, did you guys kind of work through this thing or did you have a little pause in the action? Uh, for the association offices, we worked through the the whole thing. Uh, we were uh, we did shut down our offices, and people were working from home. So luckily, we had an IT person in our office who was able to help us get all that set up so that everybody could work remotely. Um, but we had to keep abreast of all the legislation that was coming down. Let everybody, you know, let all of our members know how COVID was affecting them. What was allowed what was new requirements that we were being uh, legislated to comply with. It was a, a very busy time for the association office. Another question for the both of you. What's the working relationship between your labor partners and Local Union 98 and 636? You know, Ken, it's a, it's a good relationship. It's a, quite a symbiotic relationship. Obviously, we as contractors employ the members of Local 98 and 636, the plumbers and pipe fitters. And conversely, they provide us uh, with the manpower to build the construction sites and work that we do. And it's a, an excellent relationship and that we all get along pretty well and we all advocate union construction versus non-union construction. We feel that it's a, a, a career. The guys that are, and gals that are members of the unions uh, are working on a particular job site at any point in time, but it's a career because they move from one job site to another as their employer um, has work available to them. So it's a, a very good relationship that goes on between unions and contractors. If I could add on to that, yeah, um, we both have the same goal. We're two sides of the same coin. We want to increase the market share for our respective members. Uh, sometimes we differ on how to accomplish that, but in the end, if our respective members have all the work they can handle, then everyone's happy. And, and do a quality job in the process. That's right. How do you become a member of the association? Be a member of the association, an employer needs to be involved in the mechanical contracting industry and signatory to one of the agreements, either with 98, local 636, or some companies sign with both. Um, they have to agree to contribute at least 1,500 hours on one employee covered by the agreement. And the company which wants to be a member of MCA Detroit must fill out a form to join and sign a letter of assent. And that letter of assent gives us the right to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement on their behalf. M MCA Detroit programs, past and current? In the past, we've offered training at the training center, but we also uh, provide our members access to nationally renowned speakers and training. Uh, we offer training incentives for programs 
which are not local. MCA Detroit offered scholarships worth $12,000 per individual to employers who completed a two-week course at Babson College in Massachusetts. The purpose of that course was to train their leadership to hone the skills they need to grow themselves and their company. MCA Detroit also brought in a program to train our supervision and future leaders. Um, it was, we, we brought in a three-day program which trained over 250 individuals in the skills they need to be results-oriented managers focused on growing their company's profits and brand. This one program cost us over $100,000. Additionally, we've sponsored various safety training programs such as ArcFlash, silica safety and respiratory training, confined space and communicating in a crisis for our members. There's help wanted signs everywhere. Are you guys experiencing a manpower shortage in your operations? Well, uh, actually right now, Ken, our particular unions, Local 98 and 636, as we had said before, have uh, very good employment. What's nice about the union construction industry that if there is an increased level of uh, where owners have projects that can't be manned, we have something called travelers, which are union members from other areas of the country that can travel here, work out of these locals uh, for the piping trades. Uh, and those, are, like it's there, called travelers. So we can supplement our local manpower with these travelers to keep the customers um, getting the construction they need. We've got one minute left. This is for the both of you. Why should we hire an MCA Detroit contractor? Uh, in our model, all employers invest into the training, and together we corporately train our apprentices and journeymen. Due to this model, the employers know the investment made in training gives them access to a pool of highly educated and skilled individuals. When an employer needs someone, they go to that pool of trained individuals. When they no longer need that individual, they're released to work elsewhere, knowing that their investment in education will allow them to hire the people they need with a phone call. The non-union doesn't have that, so we have highly trained individuals available through a phone call. Absolutely. It's... Uh an industry that's flexible and can get the work done for the owner on, on time with quality work and conducted in a safe manner. It's, it's the way to go for, uh, for building owners. Gentlemen, thank you. Stay tuned for more of the WJR Building Michigan show only on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to WJR's Building Michigan. I'm Ken Bergolsky. We are joined tonight by Mr. Ryan Lyle, who's the Plumbing Industry Training Center Director, and Mr. Jim Wilson, Pipe Fitting and Services Training Center Director. Gentlemen, good to have you. Nice to be here. Plumbing and pipe fitters, they go hand in hand. What do you do with the training center? We train apprentices here, and of course, we do journeyman upgrade class, but most of the time we take a fresh raw recruit, and we are supposed to turn them into journeymen at the end so that they can be very productive. That's what we're supposed to do. So, Lila, is this kind of like a pipe fitting boot camp, so to speak? Uh, we just started one Monday. Uh, we bring them in for five weeks. Uh, after the five weeks, they are accepted into the program if they complete the five weeks and begin their five-year apprenticeship program. 
So what's the training like? What do you teach them? Uh, during the boot camp, uh, we give them safety courses to go through OSHA 30, tell them what to expect throughout the program. We start classes uh, such as use and care of tools, rigging, and pipes, fittings, and valves, and get them prepared to uh, go out as an apprentice into the field. So is this, guys, kind of like everything? I mean, this is, it's threading, it's soldering, it's putting pipes together, making sure they all fit. Is, is that what it is? Uh, we do some threading in the uh, boot camp. We do some snapping of cast iron, uh, some gluing of PVC. Uh, we do lift training. So they uh, go up in a boom lift and a scissor lift. Uh, everything from basic hand tools to power tools. So, guys, what kind of skill sets do you want to see in a candidate that's coming in in the boot camp? I like to see them have some type of hands-on skills, whether it's working on cars or snowmobiles or tractors or motorcycles or anything like that. And, of course, good math skills. We find that the guys, when they first start in the apprenticeship program, they struggle with the math, they can't subtract three eighths from 11 sixteenths. And that is difficult for us to teach. So we really would like to see those two sets of skills. And of course, for the pipe fitters, any welding skill that you have at all is gonna be helpful for us because we primarily focus on the welding aspect of it. Jim, why is math so important in being a pipe fitter? Well, it's gonna be for Ryan and the plumbers too. Everybody has to be able to go out to the job site measure what we call center to center, subtract your math so that you can make an end-to-end -end cut. And you need to be able to do it proficient so that you can go somewhere else where it will be more productive to build it and then bring it back to the job site and it has to fit. So the math is gonna be critically important. It's not difficult math. It's just you have to be proficient at the math that you need to know and how to read a, a rule would help as well. <laughs> a ruler, measure twice, cut once. Um, when you do your math, do you have to do this in your head or can you have a calculator nearby? No, you can have a calculator. We usually teach them to do it on pencil and paper, but calculator, of course, is going to be uh, useful. Uh, we love technology, so your phone is going to come out. Everybody's phone has a calculator on it. There's no reason why. I mean, Siri can do most of the calculations for you. All you got to do is be able to talk to her. So You can cheat using Siri? Well, not during the apprentice program, but out on the job site, of course you do. Hey, Siri, what's 11, what's three eighths from 11 sixteenths? She'll give it to you. <laughs> Mile, what do you look for in your candidates when they come in to uh, become a pipe fitter and in, in, in the trade? Uh, so in order to be a plumber, they have to be uh, uh, high school diploma equivalent. Uh, they need a valid driver's license so they can drive back and forth to work. And uh, we have a work keys test that they have to pass and uh, a drug test before they come in. Is there an entry exam they have to take, maybe just to give you some idea of what their background's like? Yeah, that's what we do with the work keys test. Uh, currently, we're offering three sections of it. Uh, we're looking at revising that. Uh, generally, you gotta get a five across the board for the uh, application process to get into the interview. Okay, so guys, they, they passed the test, they've, they, they've been ex accepted, what's next? Uh, that's when they'll start the boot camp. And then when they get done with uh, the five weeks of the boot camp, they'll get a job with a signatory contractor and start their uh, five-year apprenticeship. 
obviously this is book learning. This is hands-on. Uh, do you guys give homework? Do you send pipes home and say, make this fit and then bring it back tomorrow? Great. Something like uh, that. No, but we do uh, have quite a few classes that have homework. Uh, they do have to keep a 70%. Uh, since COVID, we put a lot of our classes uh, in the form of Blackboard. It's an online learning site. And a lot of our assignments are on there. You have a student who's struggling. Um, special work, special things you do to make that person understand, help them understand? We have tons of tutoring available. They can always come in after hours and work with our instructors and get all the help that they need. There's no reason to fail if you're struggling. You just have to put in some of the work, some of the time, some of that's on you. So, but we are always ready, always available. If we have to set up special class, that's what we will do. Now, it's there for the asking is what you're saying. If you don't make it, you didn't put in the time, you didn't put in the effort. If you're struggling, you have to tell us, but we don't know. But otherwise, when you come in, if you don't understand how to do that math, then we're here every Monday and Thursday nights from four to eight. You're welcome to come in, work hands-on, one-on-one with our instructor until you get it. And I'm sure there's a final exam in this thing when everything is done, your program is, is over. There's always a big final exam. We call it our STAR exam, which gives you 32 college credits, associates towards your associate's degree, and that's 82%. And our program runs at 80% or better across the board on all their exams. And we have a ton of homework. And speaking about apprenticeship programs, we are right now starting to take apprentice applications from uh, now until the 26th of March, every Monday through Friday, you can come in until four o'clock. We have the application available online to download, or we have them here for you to pick up and fill out. Uh, and we're looking for the best people we can find. We take the top 80 scores out of those entrance exams. Is there a web address, Jim, we could check this out on and people yep. can type it in? Pipefitters636tc.org, all the information's there. There's uh, study guides there as well for the work keys and the mechanical reasoning tests. Of course, you can download the application and bring it in as well. We've got a minute left, guys. Let's get to the really good part. When you tell somebody this is the job, what do you tell them they can expect as a wage? So for uh, us, go ahead, Ryan. For ours, uh, the wage is at uh, $40.52 currently on the check with a total package of $74.02. Jim, what do they say when they find out they can make more than 40 bucks an hour? They usually want to sign up really quick. <laughs> but then we tell them the bad part. The apprentices start out at $17.25 plus another $16.23 in Benny's. Uh, they get about a dollar, dollar fifty raise every six months. So when they top out as an apprentice, they'll be making $26.16 just for six months, and they'll be making the full the full journeyman rate. And uh, this is a very lucrative trade with good money available, good insurance available, and a great retirement avail available as well. And a very satisfying career because you get to work with your hands and see the final product when you're done with it. Very satisfying to see a good day's work, plumb level and square. There's nothing better than that. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for more of the WJR Building Michigan show only on News Talk 760 WJR.
Now back to Building Michigan on WJR. Sponsored tonight by the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit. When your next project calls for the best plumbers, pipe fitters, or HVAC technicians, visit mcadetroit.org. Once again, here's Ken Rogulski. Welcome back to WJR's Building Michigan. I'm Ken Rogulski. We are speaking at the moment with Adrian Bennett, who's the owner and president and CEO of Bakari LLC Plumbing and Water Conservation, and Laura Reyes Kopek, MCA Detroit Director of Gov- Governmental Affairs and Community Relations. Ladies, good to have you both. Tell us about your company, career, community outreach. How did you guys get started in this line of work? Adrian, let's start with you. Well, thank you, Ken. Um, the story I have is that at a Jimmy Carter Get Out to Vote rally, I was approached by Gus Dowles, who at the time was an employee of MCA Detroit. And he said he was looking for a woman to get something done. And he asked if I wanted to make $50,000 a year. And I asked him, was it legal? And he said, yes. And I said, doing what? He says, being a plumber. And that's how I got started. Were you really a plumber when you were younger? No, I was studying engineering when I met Gus. So you always had a math thing going on in your head? I had a, I had a very strong math and science background. I had a love for science and mathematics when I was a young girl. Boy, are you in the light, right line of work. <laughs> uh, MCA Detroit is involved with the Randolph Career Technical Education Center. That is a very important school in Detroit. Is Has is, is it been good for you guys and, and good for the kids coming in? It's a starting point to try and recruit and build a pipeline of Detroit residents into the Mechanical Contracting Association. And, you know, Adrian has been a very strong partner as a contractor uh, with Randolph, with women in the trades. So I'll let, you know, Adrian explain more about her role as a contractor. Well, Ken, uh, the one thing I like to say about Randolph is that uh, we currently have a recipient who's a graduate of Randolph. He is in the boot camp currently. He just started uh, yesterday. Monday was his first day, but he's been with us for about a year. And he's excited about this opportunity. He wants to be a plumber. He did very well in the Keys. He has performed um, for us. And we feel he'll be a very good candidate, a graduate of Randolph that's working for Benkari. And he's just starting the boot camp at Plumbers Union Local 98 Training Center. Ladies, is it difficult to try and convince other young ladies to get into this line of work? It's been a, it's a challenge, but like any industry that's evolving, for example, in the law schools back in the 60s and 70s, not very many women went into law or the judiciary. And it's the same thing for plumbers. And uh, Adrian actually started in the apprentice program at the same, you know, approximately the same time. So she can, you know, probably amplify on that answer. Adrian? Well, um, the, the, what, what I have come across is that plumbing is not glamorous. So when I go out and I speak, uh, we have the honor of having our city council president, Brenda Jones, who has a skilled trades task force that meets on a monthly basis. Um, we go out into the community and we talk and I let them know if I can do it, you can do it. But again, I had a strong background in mathematics and I let them understand that when you walk into this, it's going to be physical work. We expect for you to be on time. We expect for you to be there every day and we expect you to um, be self-motivated and be engaged and want to do this. Um, I can remember my foreman telling me he had to go back to school because I was always asking him so many questions. So I was definitely engaged. 
<laughs> yeah, that's very true. You have to really specify that it's not a glamorous job. I mean, it's uh, a lot of physical work, uh, indoor, outdoor, confined spaces. You're working in a different culture. And it, like any other um, career, it's competitive. So it's how much you put into it that you're going to get out of it. And one thing, one other thing I like to mention is that this is a career and not a job. And I've been in this industry now over 40 years and have done very well. There's a lot of avenues that you can continue once you complete the apprenticeship, if you choose to. You can become an estimator, you can become a construction manager, a project manager, a superintendent, you can become a foreman. So there's different levels that you can break off into once you've completed the apprenticeship, if you so desire and feel like you want to engage into the growth because it is a lucrative industry and there's a lot of growth because I myself have climbed that ladder and I've had at least seven different positions since I started. When you see young apprentices, ladies, and you tell them about the opportunities once they complete the apprenticeship program, what's their reaction? Well, I tell them they can't look at the money because money is just money. You have to be able to be committed. You have to be good at what you do. You, the quality as a contractor, Having climbed this ladder, the importance of safety, the importance of knowing the craft, the importance of knowing the theory about plumbing, um, you have to understand the importance of water. And the thing is, is that we're, we're, our, our position and our job is to protect the water. And there's a lot involved. Every time I turned the corner, there was something that was new for me to learn. So it depends on the person's mentality. It depends on what they want to get out of this. If you have a positive attitude, I don't see them ever having a dull day. It's going to be challenges because you are working in an environment, like Laura said. You are going to be working in a male-dominated field when there's more women now than it was when I got into the program. But again, you there's going to be challenges with everything. As Laura said, when she became when she got into studying law, there was challenges for her. It was challenges for me. And as we grow. We have to grow with those challenges and have that to be what makes us the essence of who we turn out at the very end of, of, of our product and our growth. Ladies, and I, I'm still going to school now. <laughs> ladies, we have one minute left. What would be your parting words to young people thinking about a career in this industry? I would say whatever your mind can conceive and believe you can achieve with hard work. It's a parallel path to college. So if you want to build on that, you can go get a, your associate's degree, you can get your college degree, and who knows, you could get a PhD or even go to law school as some people in our trades have done. That, that is so true. And I do believe that when you graduate the apprenticeship program now, Laura, aren't, aren't they graduating with an associate's degree now? And the, they're giving credits towards an associate's degree, yes. Okay, and which they can apply towards a, a higher education degree, so yes. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Stay well. Thank you. You stay well as well. Good to have you. Stay tuned for more of the WJR Building Michigan show only on News Talk 760 WJR. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to WJR's Building Michigan. I'm Ken Wargulski. We are joined tonight by Scott Johnson, who is the co-owner and president and CEO of Macomb Mechanical, and Mr. Isaac Washington, the president of Ben Washington & Sons Plumbing and Heating. Gentlemen, good to have you. Glad to be here. 
Thank you, Ken. What does Ben Washington and Sons Plumbing and Heating do? Well, we're uh, a family-owned um, plumbing and heating uh, company providing those services in the Detroit metropolitan area. A commercial, residential? Yes, uh, 95% of our work is commercial. We do uh, perform some residential work as well. Do you, have a, do you have any big projects you worked on over the years that you're kind of proud of? I think one of the most, um, uh, one of the biggest projects that we've done recently is the uh, Detroit Pistons Project uh, practice facility. Uh, as you know, that was uh, three projects in one. You had CAM, which is the Center of Athletic Medicine um, um, by Henry Ford. Uh, hospitals, a parking structure, and of course the the anchor is the Pistons Practice Facility, which is um, three beautiful projects and a uh, landmark in the city. And you drive by it; it's stunning. You can't help but look at it. Absolutely, absolutely. Scott Johnson is the owner and the president and CEO of Macomb Mechanical. Scott, uh, what's the relationship between both companies and MCA Detroit? Well, we all work together to improve our industry as a whole and ensure the well-being of our businesses and our workforce. What type of careers, guys, and, and this is for both of you, what type of careers can somebody expect as a young person to look at and uh, hopefully carry them through their lives uh, finding good, good-paying work? Um, I, I'll take a stab at that first. Uh, uh, Ken, one of the things that uh, the plumbing trades provides uh, is an excellent means of um, uh, to take care of one's family. I mean, it's it's an excellent opportunity. It, it, the wages are extremely good. The benefits are, are extremely good. Um, and it's rewarding work as well um, uh, for the community and for those who, who really love to work with their hands and can think uh, it's, it's, it's a means to a, a beautiful end. Isaac, did you kind of grow up within the company? Yes. Um, my dad started the company in 1958. Um, we were incorporated in 1971. And quite frankly, uh, that's, this is really all I've done. You, you watched your dad pretty well and it paid off for you, it sounds like. Yeah, we worked. I had the, the privilege and the honor to work work with my dad, and uh, he was an excellent role model for myself. Scott, what type of careers can an individual experience when they come into the industry? Well, for us, uh, we host a variety of trades that uh, includes plumbing, pipe fitting, sheet metal, and fire suppression. So through those avenues, uh, you can pick and choose a career and uh, and, and the good news is that when you graduate after your apprenticeship and training program, you're going to come out debt free. You're going to come out having a skill. Um, you don't have to have any skill going into this trade, but you're going to come out with a skill that will earn you eighty to one hundred thousand uh, dollars, depending on your role and the, the hours of your project. But you're going to come out making great money in five years and uh, a wonderful career with us. I mean, think about it. They pay you to go to school to learn something that you get paid even better in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> tough. It's, it's tough to beat that. Is it tough to find apprentices to come into this business? Is to to show young people what they can get? 
we advertise in a variety of sources. Uh, we'll do uh, Indeed. We'll advertise uh, high school career fairs. Uh, MCA has in the trade uh, websites uh, have, um, you know, ideas on how to, you know, recruit. Um, but probably the best form for anybody is word of mouth. And those that are in the program or they've been through the program, you know, they, they can speak firsthand of, you know, graduating and earning a great living when they, as soon as they graduate the day they graduate from the program. Isaac, do you guys take in apprentices? Do you teach apprentices how to uh, start in the business like you did? Oh, absolutely. I think it's incumbent of, um, for any and all uh, MCA uh, contractor to bring along apprentices um, because at the end of the day, we're investing in, in our uh, manpower and we want to make sure that the manpower has, is qualified, if you will, and talented to do the work that um, we've been blessed to get. We watched Isaac grow up in the business. He was smart enough to listen to everything his father told him. Scott, how did you happen to get into this field? Uh, very similar story. Um, in 1970, my dad and my grandfather started the business and um, just learned growing up as a kid doing estimating and takeoffs and working in the back shop and really from the ground up, just uh, being around the business. And um, it was uh, very rewarding for me as well. You learned, you know, a very strong work ethic, how to work hard and to be on time. And uh, I think probably when when your dad's speaking to you, it's a little different than a maybe an, an employer. Uh, you're going to really hear, you know, the things you need to be doing, and and uh, not always uh, without some four letter words involved. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> so you learn a little bit, uh, a little bit of the hard along the way, but you do learn quickly. That's kind of what makes it so attractive. Uh, when you hire an apprentice, what kind of individual are you guys looking for to put to work? Um, you know, really, you don't have to have any skills coming into this trade. You just have to have, uh, there's a little uh, a little saying that you need zero talent. But if you have, you know, if you're on time, if you're prepared, if you have the right attitude, positive attitude, um, if you're always thinking ahead, you know, able to think about what the next steps are. Um be engaged. Don't stand around with your hands in your pocket. Show a little bit of enthusiasm to what you're doing. Um, if you can just do the basic things that take no talent or zero talent, the, the skills can be taught. And in a five-year program, you'll come out with the skills you need. So really just show up and with a, and be engaged and have that positive attitude. It's so hard to do sometimes with your, if you're by people that aren't that way. But uh, if you can, you know, 10% of the world's positive. And if you can engage in that and embrace that piece of it, you'll be very much further ahead in the in your career. Isaac, what kind of people you look for to bring into this trade? Uh, similar to, uh, with the skill set that um, Scott has just uh, shared, uh, we're looking for self-motivators, uh, those who has a, a, a ability and desire to work with their hands and, and to think uh, and willing to learn and 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 think ahead and just invest in with all they have and that which uh what they are doing guys can you teach work ethic or is it something somebody has to be born with that's a good question i i, I think you can in my case yes you know you, we didn't start out that way but but you need to realize quickly that that's what's going to propel you in a positive direction and uh you know, anybody that's going to stand around with their hands in their pockets and wait to be told to do something and not take initiative that in, in any career and in any industry that won't serve you well. So 
I think uh, it is a learned thing, in my opinion. Isaac, I know your dad taught you well. I, I think um, I was fortunate in that area because I've, I've uh, always had good role models and examples. And one of the things that I think we learn um, as, a, as a young person when you're growing up and you're watching people really working hard and, 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 and with the good work ethics, you can see them being rewarded and you can see them grow and making a difference in their homes and their communities. And I think that's what uh, what has motivated and kept me down through the years. Guys, we have 30 seconds left. What do you see the future in, in of an increase in construction opportunities around Detroit? I see right now is a very busy time. We have have our largest backlog in work in our company history in 50 years. And there's a lot of opportunity right now to be engaged and get involved as an apprenticeship program so that you can have a career and uh, reap the benefits. So in a busy market, it's always the best time to get engaged and and that will you know propel you and, and get your foot in the door while others are retiring. You'll be filling that void and, and um, have a great career in front of you. Isaac? Yes, I want us uh, the city of Detroit. Prior to the uh, pandemic, the um, the city of Detroit was experiencing a const- uh, construction explosion, if you will. Um, and the beautiful thing about that, uh, the pandemic has not stopped it; it just slowed it down. Um, we are expecting and then standing on tiptoe anticipation that the construction industry will continue to, to boom. If we look at, I mean, the outlook is just so positive for our, our unions and our owners. So um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful time to be a plumber to be a, <laughs> a mechanical contractor, I should say. Gentlemen, thank you. Continued success to both of you. This has been WJR's Building Michigan Show, sponsored by the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit, MCA Detroit, on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Ken Rogolski. Thanks for joining us. Building Michigan has been brought to you by the Mechanical Contractors Association of Detroit. When your next project calls for the best plumbers, Pipe fitters or HVAC technicians, visit mcadetroit.org.